So can I make a confession to you? I've zoned out while doing the blessing before. Yes, I, a pastor, have zoned out while giving the ironic blessing unto God's people. Maybe you've zoned out too. Maybe you've heard the blessing from the pastor to his people dozens, hundreds, thousands of times and they've just become nonchalant at best. Maybe it's just the thing we do because we're a Lutheran church and we like tradition. No, actually, these words today have power. These words today from God to Aaron to give to the people, from God to the priest to the pastor to give to the people is a direct blessing from God to you. I don't know if you remember this, a couple weeks ago when we celebrated Ascension, Jesus rose back into heaven while he was blessing them. But you see, that was far from the first time God blessed his people. So let's go back to Numbers chapter 6. The following is a sermon from Peace Lutheran, a church located in downtown Aiken, South Carolina. For more information and for more content, go to peaceinaiken.com. For our consideration this morning, our sermon text from Numbers chapter 6, a text that you're going to recognize right away as the ironic blessing, the way that you close every single service here at Peace with the blessing of our God unto you, his people. Our sermon text from Numbers chapter 6. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. This is the word of our God. We bow our heads in prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, out of your grace you have invited us into your house to worship you and to praise you and to receive from you only what you can give us, forgiveness and love and life everlasting. Lord, calm our wandering minds, still our troubled hearts, and feed us with your holy word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Dear people of peace, God's chosen people elected for service in his kingdom today and always, it is so good to be here. To be here to bring to you what God brings to you, a blessing from him Unto you, his beloved people. There was a husband and there was a wife, and they were getting ready to celebrate a very special anniversary. Husbands and wives, you can relate. The anticipation builds, whether it's 25 or 50 or even more years that God blesses you with. You get eager to celebrate the grace of God at that anniversary celebration. This wife, man, this, this wife, she was so excited to celebrate and she knew exactly what she wanted. You see, her love language was gifts. There are five love languages altogether. You need to know which you are. For this woman, her love language was gifts and she just loved receiving thoughtful gifts. It made her feel loved. 
But not just any gift, no, not, not just any old gift on this anniversary. It was a diamond ring that she had her eye on. I mean, that may sound big and that may sound expensive, but that's what she wanted. And, and the specific ring, you know, the one in the window as you walk by the jewelry store, the one that they are showcasing, that's the one she wanted. And she told her husband so that it wouldn't be a surprise to him when he didn't get it for her. She told him exactly what she wanted. He knew and she knew and the anniversary day came. They went into his study, the place where he worked every day, and on his desk was this, this beautifully wrapped gift, and you could have seen her face beaming from a mile away. The husband looks at his wife and tells her how much he treasures her and loves her and thanks God for her. She begins to tear up. She, she begins to get emotional, and he, he says, well, just, just open the gift. And she peels away this, this beautifully wrapped wrapping paper, even for a man who wrapped the gift, by the way. And he, she unwraps it little by little and opens it up. And inside of this anniversary gift box is a Bible. And she begins to cry, and not good tears. She begins to cry tears of sadness and to say that this gift that the husband gave his wife had left her wanting more was an understatement. Even though her name was beautifully engraved on the front in gold lettering, even though their anniversary date was underneath it, it's not the gift that she expected. And she slammed that Bible down on his desk, and it was the final straw for her. She could not believe that the gift she wanted was not given to her in the time and place and way that she wanted, and so she left. And she left for good. And to be fair, these aren't people that I know, but it's a real story. Many years passed, and this wife received word that her ex-husband had passed away and it was her job to now go into the house and to clean up the belongings. Hard for anyone, she walked into the study and there sat the Bible that had collected dust in the exact same place that she had left it many years prior. She never had opened it. She never had looked inside at the gift and so she, she worked up the courage and there was a bookmark and she opened it up and there it read in the Gospel of Matthew, the husband had highlighted it, if you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? She closed the Bible and out of the back of the cover fell a very small box. She opened the box and inside of the box, hidden inside of the Bible, was the diamond ring. The very ring that she had longed for, the very gift that she had craved so many years before. You see, because the gift wasn't packaged the way she thought it would be. Because the blessing didn't come to her in the way she thought it would, she missed it. She missed the blessing, she missed the gift, she missed the love of her husband in that way just because it didn't, it didn't come in the way she thought it would. 
And I'd like to explore that. I'd like to ponder that deeply with you this morning because I think we've all been there. That we long for blessings from God, certain blessings, and yet very rarely do those blessings come to us in ways that we think they will. Perfectly wrapped and perfectly packaged, laid out for us on the desk of our home, just waiting to be taken. No, God brings blessings to us in ways we never thought he would. And so we long for strength. And do you know how God brings it to us? He brings us strength in moments of weakness. And we long for perseverance, the ability to keep going, right? And we long for resilience, the ability to bounce back, like a tennis ball being squeezed, being able to bounce back in life. And resilience and perseverance, well, they come through suffering. And then we long for hope. And we long for peace. And we long for grace. And we think that we're going to find it in our job. And we think we're going to find it in our bank account. We think we're going to find it in our kids and in our spouse. But no, we find it in the fellowship of the church and in the house of the Lord. You see, God wraps his gifts, his blessings to us in ways that we might never think. And nevertheless, he gives his blessing to you even in words that we recite every single Sunday. So can I make a confession to you? I've zoned out while doing the blessing before. Yes, I, a pastor, have zoned out while giving the ironic blessing unto God's people. Maybe you've zoned out too. Maybe you've heard the blessing from the pastor to his people dozens, hundreds, thousands of times and they've just become nonchalant at best. Maybe it's just the thing we do because we're a Lutheran church and we like tradition. No, actually, these words today have power. These words today from God to Aaron to give to the people, from God to the priest to the pastor to give to the people is a direct blessing from God to you. I don't know if you remember this. A couple weeks ago when we celebrated Ascension, Jesus rose back into heaven while he was blessing them. But you see, that was far from the first time God blessed his people. So let's go back to Numbers chapter 6. 400 years was how long the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. You got to think about that. Because none of us have been around that long. The United States of America has not existed for that long as the Israelites were slaves in Egypt and God in his bountiful mercy delivered them through Moses and through the ten plagues, right? An incredible deliverance. In fact, that's where the term Passover comes from. That tenth and final plague where the angel of death flew over Egypt and because of the blood of the lamb, God's people we're alive. It's all pointing to Jesus, by the way. The entire Old Testament pointing forward to Jesus, the Savior of the world. And you would think that if you had been delivered from a great tragedy, a hostile situation, that you would be brimming with joy. Well, not so the Israelites. You know what they did. They complained like we love to. They grumbled, why didn't you just leave us in Egypt with pots of meat? You brought us out here to starve, Lord. Does God really deliver his people to just let them die? 
And yet that's what they thought. And so they get out into the wilderness and it's time for God to give his law to his people, right? The Ten Commandments. Do you remember who goes up onto Mount Sinai with the Lord? Who is it? It's Moses. Moses goes up onto Mount Sinai with the Lord. And he's receiving this direct revelation from God, the Ten Commandments to guide and protect his people. But oh, Moses has taken too long, they said. Moses has been up there for too long, Aaron. Maybe this God is not a God at all. Maybe we should make a God for ourselves. And it seems so silly if it weren't so tragic. And so they take the golden earrings of the women. They collected all the jewelry together. They they took the gold and they made for themselves a God. A golden calf, in fact. And they bowed down and worshipped an inanimate object. And we can shake our heads. We can be disgusted. We can even say, how dare they? But we still do it today. If it's not a golden calf, it's social media. If it's not a golden calf, it's money. If it's not a golden calf, it's fame. We are people who worship inanimate things all the time. And God comes down at at these idolatrous, sinful, selfish people. And get this, here's what he tells them. Moses, tell Aaron, this is how you are to bless my people. Can we just think about that? These people just committed idolatry in this most grievous of ways. These people were selfish and arrogant and they bent the knee to to a golden calf and God says, Aaron, bless my people. Are you serious, God? That you're going to give your blessing to idolatrous, selfish people who think they know better than you? And that's the point. I want you to see your God more clearly today than you ever have before, that God looks at sinful, fallen people who worship things of this world every single day, and he doesn't curse them, he blesses them. Because this is the definition of grace. It is undeserved love, and we don't deserve it at all. And God says to Moses, Aaron, you as the priest and all of your family line, you priests, You pastors, bless my people. And this is what you are to say. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. And now for 3,500 years, so it has been. The blessing from God's elected pastors and priests to you, his people, Not to worthy people, not to to upstanding people, to sinful people, to idolatrous people who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And that's so when the angel of death flies over, we are saved and eternal life is ours. And so we got to ponder it, these phrases that we say every single time. Let's, Let's look at these with new eyes for a moment. The Lord bless you. And keep you. 
It's so interesting because we say bless you all the time. You sneeze out there and someone says bless you, right? People say bless you at your birthday. People say the Lord bless you at your anniversary. This is deeper. This is bigger. The Lord bless you and keep you. Do you know what Hebrew people would have thought of when they heard that word keep? They actually would have thought of thorns, interestingly enough. The Hebrew word for keep is almost synonymous with a thorn bush. And here's why. Shepherds used to go out with their sheep and they they needed in big open fields a way to keep them contained. And so they would take thorn bushes and they would create a fence. They would create a barrier all the way around the sheep in order to do two things. One, to protect them. And two, so that when they ran into those thorns, they would retreat and know where they are safe. Do you see what God is saying? The Lord bless you and keep you. So that if you, God's people, are hurting from running into the thorns of life, or you, God's people, are protected safely in his pasture, it is the Lord that is blessing you, and it is the Lord that is keeping you, protecting you, holding on to you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. When I hear this, this, this face shining, I, I'm taking to, taken to one place, and that is the birth of my children. To be fair, I did not birth them. My wife did. Praise God for her. I will never understand how women can go through that, and at the end of it, smile like I have never seen a smile, beam like I have never seen someone beam. You want to get in trouble? Go to a mama and attack her child. That mama's going to come after you, right? Because her face beams for her child. Her face glows for her child. And I can remember it so vividly with my wife. We have two biological children, one adopted child, and it was the same for all three. There in the hospital room of all three, as I cut the cord and as I handed this child to my wife, her face shone like I had never seen before. And you know what? That baby had just caused her a lot of pain. That baby had just caused her a lot of grief. Nine months, in fact, and more. And her face shined down upon this child because even though it had hurt her, Even though she knew it would hurt her in the future, she loved it with her every ounce of her being. And that's what God says to you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Could it be that after all of the times that you and I have hurt God, Could it really be that after all of the times that you and I have walked away from God, thought we knew better, and worshipped the idols of this world, could it be that our God, who knows we will continue to hurt Him in the future through sin and arrogance and pride, could it be that His face would shine on us? That's the blessing. 
That God can look at us, his children, who have and who will hurt him, and he beams with pride for you. He beams with joy over you because he has washed you in the waters of baptism. He has cleansed you through his blood, and you are his forever, no matter how much pain you've caused him, because in God's eyes, you're perfect. Just like a mother to her child, from God to you, you are perfect. You are holy. You are His. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. It literally says, turn His face toward you. I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation with someone before where they just get up and walk away. I don't, I've been there. Sorry, I'm a pastor. I've been there. I don't know if you realize how significant posture is in a conversation with someone. If I were to stand up here with my arms crossed, Jesus loves you, dear people of peace, you wouldn't believe me. Posture means everything. And in fact, turning your back on someone means that you are done with them. Do you know that that's how God describes our relationship with him in the Old Testament? Because of our sin, he has turned his face away from you. Because of sin, we are separated from God. Enemies of God. Alienated from him. I mean, separation. And now God comes with the very opposite. The Lord turn his face toward you. If you think about the opposite of that, then I think we can truly grasp it. The Lord turn his back on you and leave you in your agony forever. Because if that's the truth, then we do understand fully what Jesus experienced on the cross. What Jesus experienced on the cross is the opposite of God's blessing to you. The Lord turned his face away from Jesus. The Lord left Jesus alone in his agony and in his suffering on the cross of Calvary. Do you know that? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God the Father had to turn his back on his son to allow him to die and to rise and to conquer so that he could t take himself and turn his face toward you, his people. And it's everything. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Isn't that why you're here? I wish I could have been a part of that discussion, to be honest with you, naming of the church. You raise your hand if you were here at that time. Anybody here when you were naming this church? There's a few of you here. Praise God for that. What were the other options? Hope. Peace. You think about that. When you think about it on your sign and on the road, you think about every fiber of your being as a congregation here in Aiken. What you are trying to do by the grace of God is bring peace. See, I got to tell you, peace is not a circumstance. Peace is not the absence of pain and suffering in your life. Peace is a relationship with God. And so today, hear the blessing from God 
unto you, his people, whether you are in agony or suffering, pain or turmoil, at the beginning of life or the end of life, God says that you are at peace with him. Because Jesus Christ went to suffer and to die and to rise again. And now you have VIP access into this grace in which we now stand. And let that sink in. Because it feels pretty darn good. I was at a Packers-Vikings game in college. I went up to the Twin Cities while I was at uh, undergrad at Martin Luther College. And I went on Craigslist, which was kind of a thing back then. Okay? And I got tickets for 20 bucks. And they were way up. I mean, could barely see Aaron Rodgers down on the field. Had to bring my pair of crappy binoculars. And I met a guy, and he said, hey, what's your name? I was like, Joe? He said, hey, man, my name's Joe. Why don't you come up to my box? Okay. Why not? I'm like, they're not going to let me in anyway. So I go up to this, this, these box seats, and they said, hey, you must be Joe. And they put a name tag over me. And it said, Joe Linloff, IBM. I've never worked for IBM. And I walked in, and they said, hey, whatever you want to drink over here, all the food you want to eat, no charge to you. There's your seat, and there's your complimentary nice binoculars. And I'll never forget that feeling. That feeling of being welcomed into a place I shouldn't be. That feeling of of being welcomed and and, and given this this feast uh, to eat and to drink and to sit and to watch and to just enjoy. I have never in my life experienced that type of access into anything except for one, into the family of Jesus Christ our Lord. And it's not exclusively for priests or pastors, it's for everyone. That through the blood of the Lamb, you now have been welcomed into God's family and you get to have peace. Peace with God and peace with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so if there's one thing I want you to go with today, it's not to dwell on your circumstances. It's not to dwell on the idols that other people are worshiping in the world It's the fact that you are right with God. You are his child and you are his forever and ever. In fact, remember that God blesses sinful people. He doesn't curse them. He gives to them blessings here on earth and blessings eternal. So I'm going to say it now and I'm going to say it at the end of the service. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And all God's people said, amen, amen.